Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Tennis and Bagels podcast. It is me here, Vanch, and I'm, I'm joined by a really special guest here today, uh, one we've had on the show before when uh, it was him and Owen, but I'm honored to have Jack Edward here from On The Line Tennis Podcast. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm really good, thanks, Vanch. Uh, honored to be here. Thank you very much for the kind introduction. Very keen to talk US Open draws. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's get right into it. So we're going to start with the men's singles draw, and we're going to go quarter by quarter. The qualifiers have been placed, so now... Um, we can just sort of work our way into it. Give give us your, you know, give. We're going to talk about our thoughts. We're going to make some predictions. We're gonna we're gonna see how this how this goes. This should be should be fun. This so let's, is a, this, this is my first look at the qualifiers as well for everybody at home. So I, I'm getting a little bit excited at this too. Um, so it's going to be a surprise to me. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Was, so uh, so I mean, if you look in Medvedev's section here. Obviously, you have yeah. Felix as his potential quarterfinal, but uh, mm-hmm. you know what sort of sets uh, stands out to you in this in this section? If we just look at the first thirty-two players here, yeah. So the the first thing that I've been talking about when I look at this quarter is kind of Medvedev's chances, what he could have problems with. The first immediate thing that jumps out to me is sixteen seed in the fourth round, RBA potentially, or it could be chaos. Mm-hmm. Either or would be it. Nightmarish for for Medvedev, and then you've also got PCB in the quarterfinals. RBA and PCB, particularly two players that he's struggled with historically because they're the flat backhands. It kind of takes away his advantage a lot of the time. They would be two super difficult matches if he does have to play them. So he's kind of been given a pretty bogey draw, considering that's you know twelve seed and sixteen seed. I would say, and obviously Kyrgios as well. You don't really know what you're going to get there. So yeah, the first thing that strikes me is that Medvedev's got a tough draw, punch. Basically. Yeah, especially if we compare it to to Nadal, the number two seed. I feel like his path to the final is a lot tougher. Yes, yeah, and um, so for sure. good point about um, PCB as well, who beat him at the Olympics um, last year um, in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and then they played again in Cincinnati, and that was rather one sided. But I just feel like that's that's been a difficult matchup for Daniil um, in the past, especially the consistency from the backhand to backhand, and just. PCB makes you come up with something really good to get yeah. over the line. And, you know, I, I agree about Nick as well. I'm interested to see that first match against Tanasi because obviously we know they're really, really good friends and then really, and not just doubles, but since the juniors. And I don't know, I'm kind of thinking, what if, I, you know, I'm interested to see Kyrgios against a good friend of his. Will he be able to have that same ruthlessness when he comes yeah. out on the court? And will he be able to, obviously Tanasi, I think, knows his serving patterns and tendencies pretty well and so does Nick but there's a lot of pressure on him this time around at the US Open he is the fourth favorite according to the betting odds and I just wonder yeah. if that may get into his head a little bit yeah fourth favorite well, I did not know that actually Vance. The, the, it's not Kalkanak so much I, I'm worried about I, I could see him squeaking through in five sets whatever I just I think whatever happens he would find a way to win uh, it's the All RBA sudden, match right that sort of Makes you pause yeah. because they played last year the U.S. Open in the first round. Obviously, very different Nick at that point, but but yeah. still, it was a very sort of one-sided match. Six three, six four, six zero, and RBA out aced him. Hit the same number of winners. Super yeah. metronomic, consistent from the back of the court, and it's not yeah. a matchup that I think Kyrgios enjoys. It kind of bores him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He gets impatient. I think you're right. You're right, Vance. It's not actually RBA. I was going to say the RBA probably is more of a worry. But all of a sudden, Humber is kind of picking up a little bit of form. Actually, he might have lost in the course today, you know I'm saying that. Yeah, in Granby, right? In the Challengers. Yeah, yeah, he did, actually. So I did have a different opinion on this yesterday. I forgot he'd lost. Yeah, RB's got to be the worry then. You're quite right, because that was a a totally one-sided affair. Kyrgios probably 
playing completely differently from then, to be fair. So it's kind of difficult to call if they did get matched up. But yeah, either way, I can see, I can't see anyone else going through there, bar those two, and Medvedev would struggle against either of them. For yeah, sure. for sure. And I do think the first two or three rounds are pretty good for Medvedev. I mean, Kozlov, not really a guy with a lot of weapons. Um, yeah. You know, Ben Shelton's obviously been been the talk of the town and since Cincinnati. Um, and, yeah. you know, so is Yibing Wu from the Challengers kind of picking it up. Um, plays yeah. Brazilishvili, but I, I just feel like, you know, Shelton and Kozlov and Rindernesh, these are ma- matches Medvedev definitely wins. The the one yeah. the one popcorn match sort of here is JJ Wolf against Batista Agut because I know they played in Indian Wells, and RBA was looked like RBA was going to win rather comfortably, but then Wolf really dug in and came back at him and had match point in the end, and yeah, it was yeah it was quite a tussle. So that is, I'm definitely tuning into that one. That one will be such fun to watch for sure. The other one that obviously um, jumps out to me probably is. Draper Rusevori actually mm-hmm. I, I, I'd really like to watch that because I can't really call it I, I kind of really want to side with Rusevori to be honest yeah. rather than Draper I, I just feel that the fast conditions will, will be amazing for his forehand at the same time you know big server like like Jack there's a very high chance that that will also benefit him too so I, I would imagine high quality tennis from both players probably I see Rusevori squeezing through and if he were to get through if You'll indulge me going forward a little bit. Uh-huh. FAE, I think, oh, I think we've discussed this before, Vance, that match in Australia that was so, so close. And yeah. FAE maybe played a little below par. Rusevori really maybe should have had it. He was playing better tennis and won more points in the end than the Canadian. I feel like he could squeak through this time. Yeah, I've that's, had Rusevori. I've had Rusevori as an unseated dark horse for a lot of Masters tournaments and just sort of in general, I just feel like he's got a breakthrough at some point, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and, he, you know, kind of a poor fan sinner in a way to me. Yeah. But I yeah, like... I see that. I, the backhand's not, his backhand's not as powerful for me. So it, yeah. not much else that's, that's different from sinner. For right sure. Right. And I did watch him play Draper at Queens. Uh, I was there for that match. And Draper Draper looked uh, really underpowered compared to Emil, but that's, you know, sort of... I know it's a different sort of setting and British crowd really got into that one. Yeah. And it was... It was it was it was interesting and Draper this week, you know, I thought was was going to go further, but then Mark Wessler played a really good match and took him out in yeah. the in the quarters. But but no, I think I think I agree with you, and I I also particularly for Felix, uh, yeah, I feel like Rusevori or Draper is pretty tough in the second round, and if he does get through that, he then has to worry about potentially Hachanov or PCB. Um, PCB obviously yeah. I can chalk up the Cincinnati early round loss to just fatigue and probably just poor serving you know on his part 13 double faults mm-hmm. is not something you see very regularly um, at all yeah, from it him mad. it was actually bizarre was like completely out of character I was saying this Vance in his uh, however many losses 17 or so this year he has chalked up 20 double faults in total so well, this wow. one match he, he chalked up 13 so yeah, yeah I mean in the other matches besides this one, of course, yeah, yeah. So twenty matches, twenty double faults in all his other matches, and thirteen in uh, this one. It's very, very crazy. Yeah. So I mean, and then obviously you have PCB and uh, team. That's another blockbuster match. But you would expect yeah. PCB to come through, you know, pretty just, just based on form. I know they're head to head is seven zero for team, but it's yeah, obviously. Is it seven zero? I didn't know that match. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I could see, I could see it being quite deflating to be honest um, yeah i could i could too and that's going to be on court 17 so it's good for those with the grounds pass yeah yeah i noticed that mental yeah but, uh, yeah i think ben rothenberg was tweeting about it wasn't he but you know as well it's, it's, there's other matches that need to go on the other court so i, I don't yeah. really argue with the court bookings the court for schedulings sure. that much to be honest yeah um but in this section really i see uh i do still see medvedev coming through i know i have some question marks about him though because yeah. obviously the the serving in the third set against Steph when he double faulted four times and just uh, just you know it's kind of his form in general hasn't had a top ten win since yeah. playing since beating Sitsipas in the Australian Open semis. There and, was um from for me man sorry just uh, I remember him playing against Dimitrov last year at Indian Wells when he had a crazy tear of double faults and he didn't really know what was going on with his serve. Yeah. in the second and third sets and he kind of just totally imploded his way to a loss there that loss was there was just some fireworks going on and he he, he let it get to his head I guess and yeah. he kind of he kind of righted the ship after that I, I, 
it was really, really bizarre that he let it kind of affect him. But we have seen that sort of thing from Daniel before. We have, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not worrying me is all I mean. And Tsitsipas pass played a good enough match to hold serve for the rest of the match. So it was literally just one blip and that was the, the third set gone, basically. So I, I don't know if I'm too worried, basically. Same. I, I see a, I see a PCB and Medvedev quarterfinal here. That's yeah, that's, so that's that's my pick here. That, that's also my pick, and I would pick Daniel to squeeze through. Same. I, I have yeah. the I have the same. I guess we can move on to the bottom quarter of the top half. Yeah. Uh, with Sitsipas and Rude obviously being slated to play each other in the quarters, I, mm. I think let's start with Sitsipas section here because uh, I think its first two rounds are pretty comfy, manageable. I would say, right? Yeah. Weird to see Sonigo unseated, but yeah, For sure. I, I would still say so. Sonigo could maybe cause a few problems but no yeah. Sitsipas should get through I would say yeah. the biggest problem for Sitsipas is the third round probably a, against Cressy where yeah. on a big you know quite hard court like the US Open against uh, Sitsipas's backhand yeah, it actually could be anybody's game there I think Sitsipas would have to play really well I, I honestly could see him getting beat on a coin toss yeah for sure Um, that yeah. that is a match that would really challenge his return of serve and I know they played each other in 2020, but that was a different Cressy, and he was just a qualifier, and now he's seated. So that's uh, that's uh, that's but, big, but also Cressy. But, I I feel like it's very fifty fifty with his matches because if yeah, he if he can yeah, yeah, yeah. if he racks up fifteen double, double faults, all of a sudden he's not he's not winning. So yeah, yeah. So he might not even make it there exactly, but that would be the biggest problem for Sitsipas. I think he might. To be honest, if Nishioka made it through ADF, I see Nishioka as quite a decent matchup against Cressy, and that could be. A problem for him, but there's obviously an issue because Spike in Washington could be a one-off. I've got no idea yeah. really. He might not make it that far either. It's quite a lot of ifs there. Um, yeah, Cressy sure. being the biggest one, but yes, it's the past. Generally, for me, would get through. You know, nine times out of ten, maybe not as much as that, but should get through. Yeah, I would agree. Um, if we move ahead to your man, Andy Murray, mm-hmm. playing against Francisco Sorrentino, okay. <laughs> I uh, can't help myself getting really excited to advance <laughs> because not only do not only should Andy be the favourite in this match, he should be the favourite in this match. I absolutely stand by that. Serendolo is a, he's a really good player. He's fantastic, actually, on clay in particular. And he still can be effective in hard courts, just given the size of his forehand. But Andy should be the favourite. If he's not playing well and he loses to Serendolo, then you know we can kind of just say, that's fine, we'll let bygones be bygones. He wasn't turning up to this US Open, that's fine. If he turns up and he plays a brilliant match and he gets through, I fancy his chances to get through to the fourth round. Interesting. Sure. Um, yeah. This time I will say you're a little more optimistic than I am about Andy, which is good because last time I think I was the one who was more optimistic. Yeah. But I think um, Sarundolo, man, he's got one of the biggest forehands in the game right I know, now, I know. and it just and if that thing is if that thing is firing and he's playing, you know, anywhere near how he was playing during the clay stretch or in Miami or even in the match against Rafael. Wimbledon. I just, I and and obviously as of late, I know Andy has been struggling a little bit with cramping and fitness and the heat. And yeah. if it's if it's hot, this is going to be during the day. Um, but I do think these faster courts, I do think they can help Andy. Should be good for Andy because I, I, I thought the match that he played against Sitsipas, if we take all the other theatrics out of it, I do feel mm-hmm. like that was the best I've seen Andy play in a long, long yeah. time. Um, he, especially for the first he, three sets against Stefanos yeah. there. My take on this, and I'm, I, I want to hear your take as well, Vance, I'm really intrigued. But if I were to compare Sitsipas and Sarundolo as players, Sarundolo's got a really, really good forehand, just like Sitsipas. You know? So but the biggest yeah. difference for me is that he's a great returner. So I feel like that could be a worse matchup for Andy and that he could claw his way into service games where Sitsipas maybe didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's... That's in fact, I've just said that, and that's made me a little bit more scared of him. I, I don't know if there's more to it though. It, are the forehands equivalent? Is Sarundo's forehand a little weaker, and Andy might be able to break him down from the baseline? It's quite difficult to know going into the match, and I could see him overpowering Andy if he's having a good day. Yeah, I don't know how you feel. Those are some good points. I, mean, I think Stefanos is just a bit more diverse, he can come up with. Uh, you know some good angles, and he can, he can really sort of attack at will on that side. Whereas Sarundo, I think his forehand is very potent, especially cross court and down the line. And it's it's it can be a heavy shot, but it's also one that's uh, maybe prone to a little bit more 
it's a little bit of flatter of a ball. So I think that that mm-hmm. might that might help Andy, especially if he's you know able to blunt the pace ba- better on his backhand, or yeah. is able to get a, find a good read on the return of serve. Um, yeah. Just I think changing directions and um, just getting clean cuts at the return will be key for Andy, just to keep that forehand at bay and make make uh, Sarundo dig out low balls or challenges yeah. move challenges sort of north south movement as opposed to um, east west laterally on the baseline. Yeah. Um, so that'll that that'll be interesting. I think I'm gonna see Andy just about squeezes through here. Okay. Um, yeah. And and then I do like his chances against Milman or so Nava. I think um, I think Melman's a good matchup for him. I think Berrettini worries me maybe even more, just because I think he's going a little under the radar, and I know he hasn't looked the same since he won Queens. But if I look at his draw, I see a lot of clay quarters in the first three rounds. Um, yeah. Yari, I think, might be the most dangerous of the three because he's gone through qualies, and he's yeah. he looks a bit yeah. more re- revived. But obviously, we'll have to see in the level of competition. Um, it is Mateo is still more complete than Yari and Andujar I, and the, yeah. some of these guys. It's that Murray Berrettini match. That's I know. I, I actually I still fancy Andy's chances because I think he just he squeezes into a few more return games than he would have in uh, Queens, uh, Stuttgart. Even where did they play Berrettini? I think it was Stuttgart. Yeah. Um, and I mean that was a close match. Like you yeah. know, they had, they had a very good chance there, despite the injury was in the, the third set. Sure. I don't underrate Yari as well, but I I. Yeah, I see Berrettini getting through the first two rounds. I, I, I've not, I've not seen Gary's record on a hard court, but I can't imagine it's particularly decent. Um, uh-huh. Would be my guess, despite the good serve, which yeah. makes me think his, his ground strokes maybe aren't built for this surface. Um, and yeah, then the same with the second round as well, Anderhart or Echeverri. So, yeah, Berrettini, Andy. I'm still picking Andy. I think by a whisker advantage, but okay. It's probably, to be honest, it's about fifty-fifty if he gets through to the. Well, that's decent odds, obviously, of him getting through to the fourth round. But yeah, about fifty-fifty for me. Yeah, I think Andy will really take that uh, at this point. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would love to see it. Um, but I'm gonna stick with Berrettini to get to the fourth round. And um, in the bottom half, I guess if we look at Ruth's section, I think this is a really, really good chance for Taylor Fritz. I think the toughest yes. opponent that I see here is. Vendezarshov in the third round, mm-hmm. um, and and then potentially I look at Paul or Corda because uh, you know obviously Rude. I mean I'm not going to underestimate the guy, but fast hard courts with Tommy Paul playing this well, Corda. I know he's been kind of on and off with his injuries and stuff, but he's strung together a couple of good wins now um, in Cincinnati. I beat Tiafo for the first time there. Yeah, he's so he looking looking better physically, and so I think. I think that's what it's about because I, I want to see a match between Paul and Corda in, yeah. in the second round. And I mean, um, Corda for me is equivalent to your Rusevori take in that he is one of the guys that's going to make a big break. It's, he's yeah. going to do it at some point. Could be this tournament, could be the next slam. It wouldn't surprise anybody basically because his game is good enough that he should be making deep runs at yeah. tournaments. Not regularly, maybe, but at least you know the odd deep run. It really, there really hasn't been anything that's blown me away. In fact, I can't think of a deep run he's made at anything bar two fifty. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. Two slams. Could um, be wrong about that. Two slam fourth rounds. Uh, one at the French and one at Wimbledon. Yeah, that kind of um, went under my radar. Actually, that's still decent. Obviously, um, yeah. Then yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he could. Yeah. He, we could see him in the fourth round for sure. And it's kind of difficult to call if. Fritz would prefer Corda or Paul. It's kind of much for a muchness. They're both really, really great players, but I just think Fritz's level is so high at the moment he should see his way through to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, my, he's, my, he's definitely my pick to get through. Obviously, Kyle Edmund, good to see him back after all his injuries um, against Kaspar, but uh, yeah. probably a bit too much too soon for him. Definitely, uh, yeah. I haven't seen Ritoven play since Wimbledon. Uh, so no idea how he's going to look, but obviously he would he would yeah. like these kind of courts. But we'll see. Um, I've not. I don't even think I've watched him play on anything besides grass. Bench. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this is a really good matchup for Stan to play Mute. Mute is two and zero against him. And they, they played at the French. Right? They played in the first or... round of the French, and Mute won in five. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Mm. No, mm. it could. I think it could happen. Maybe Vance. I don't know. Stan was good against Andy. It just yeah. Um, yeah, he seems to have one good match in him per tournament and then kind of fades. So 
I could see him yeah. going through. Yeah, Van de Zandt though for sure. If yeah. I, I, like I'm just talking about him against Taylor, that's by far his biggest threat. I just think he gives him a different look. He gives him something that other players don't. Just in his ability to get to the net, like frequently, um, amazing forehand. Just like Taylor, actually, if forehand is seriously good when he's when he's playing it well. But yeah, yeah it's just his ability to kind of to kind of craft his craft the point and and finish it off um, in a way maybe other players aren't as good at and it could just be a the different look required to, to give Taylor some trouble. So that's the one that worries me the most. Yeah. I guess shout out to Brandon Holt who qualified. He's from he's from USC, so I have to give him a shout out there. So go, ah, Tro- okay, go. <laughs> go Trojans. And also he's uh Tracy Austin's son. So that must be nice. Is he? Alright. Yeah so I we, have, we have an all American clash there with Fritz and, and Holt. And I think their parents actually played each other on the tour too. Uh so that's all right. Yeah. So <laughs> So that, that's, that's, cool. that's that's a nice win for him, but uh, yeah, I think my Fritz is my pick to get out of here. Uh, I, into the yeah, quarters, through to the the semis, you mean? Yeah, I have him in the quarters right now, and potentially now. Then I have Sitsipas and Berrettini, and I haven't seen those two play on a hard court since 2019 Australian Open when they played round one, when Berrettini was right. unseated, and Sitsipas yeah. won that match, but it was a really tight four setter in a sort of a fourth set tiebreak. It was before mm-hmm. he beat Federer and he went on the and RBA to get to his first semis. But um, how do you think that matchup will play out on a That's fast a record one. like this? It's, it's a tough one, but actually, despite Sitsipas's returning weakness, if it, we, we you know we call it a weakness, but actually it's all relative. He's still yeah. still fairly decent on return. I, I'd give him the I'd give him the edge there. By, yeah. by a fair amount, I see four sets, four sets or so to Sitsipas. Yeah, as well, and I haven't seen Berrettini hasn't beaten a top ten player in a major yet, and yes, he's lost course. his last ten matches against top ten. And I think feel like Sitsipas with his transition game and his forehand will be able to find the Berrettini backhand actually yeah, quite easily in exactly. baseline rallies. And that's basically the consistent theme from from any top tenner playing him, right? Like that that tends yeah. to be the play. Like they can find a way to exploit that backhand pretty much every time. For sure. So I'm still going to pick Sitsipas to get through to the quarters. Obviously, it's a good mental barrier for him if he gets past the third round because he hasn't done that yet yeah. um you know had really tough losses the last couple of years to George and Alcaraz who yeah. I'm sure we'll get to later but um but <laughs> Fritz and Stefanos they played a really good match in Australia this year and Fritz came back from two sets to one down uh Fritz was up two sets to one oh, Steph yeah, came back yeah. from two sets to one down and won at six yeah. four in the fifth and, yeah good um, that one and I'm gonna go a little bold here uh, and I'm going to say, because I know Fritz has come a long way in the last one year. Obviously, a bunch mm-hmm. of wins, especially at Indian Wells. The last two times he's played. Australia, fourth round. Wimbledon quarters. His hardcore record, you can look at it the last one year. It's a step up in level. I feel like he's moving better. That's a big thing for him. And he's going after the forehand. He's always had a great backhand, but his forehand yeah. is doing consistent offensive damage in big, big situations. And obviously, he has a great serve. So he's got the complete package. And I feel like with the U.S. Open crowd... And with Tsitsipas feeling some pressure to get to that semi-final, I could see Fritz mm. getting through to the semis here and facing Medvedev. That's what I have. Yeah, it's interesting, Vance. I also picked Taylor, and I kind of realised I was talking to Damon Kust about this yesterday, and he put it quite quite well, that Taylor Fritz seems like quite a bold pick at first until you realise pretty much everybody's picking Taylor to get through. I think everybody's kind of in the same boat, Vance. Yeah. Everybody feels like he's playing amazing tennis. For me, he's a top 10 player right now. I mean, I'm, he's yeah, he's ten, 10 in the race and he didn't get any points for his Wimbledon run and he missed two months of the clay court season. Yeah, he's yeah. top 10. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So for me... Yeah, good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, his points are stacked at the moment, I guess. Like, you've been showing amazing... Uh, like runs at every tournament he's played, basically. Like yeah. he's not playing. And, as many and I felt like he played. He, I mean, three wins over Rublev in that time, and he's also beaten. Uh, also, that first set against Medvedev, I mean, could have gone his way, and it was. Yeah, it was no, very. Yeah. It was very, very, very tight, and so I just, yeah, I, I see Medvedev beating Fritz though in the semis. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I agree. To the final. And I so that about does it for the top half. So let's go yeah. on to the second. Medvedev into the final, I like it, man. That's what I, I, I agree with you there for sure. Yeah. I guess um, now we get to the quarter of Herkutch. And, yeah. And Alcaraz uh, and, well, and Alcaraz's, yeah. This is Alcaraz's quarter, and uh, Herkutch would be his potential quarter final. But yeah. if you look at Hubie's section, I feel like he didn't get a very favorable draw here because... Not at all. Um, Oscar Ote is one of those guys who's definitely going to mix up a lot of things and make Hubie earn every point and create on his forehand yeah. and... 
you know, this the the service motion is so hard to read with Ote, and he's got and he's. He, I, but the thing is, Ote has not played in two months, and he and he's defending fourth round points here, so it's possible was, Ote just comes out and he's, you know, yeah. not the same player. But yeah, yeah. Um, apparently he was playing uh, Bundesliga matches for a while, so he, he has had some practice. To be fair, he's okay. just been totally out. I didn't know uh, that. That's good. Yeah, he used to he used to do that. I guess before he became um, a player that actually makes money from the tour. I guess, but he obviously <laughs> has some sort of affinity with that that part of uh, German tennis, so he still does it. So yeah. yeah, he's still been getting practice, and he will be dangerous definitely for for her catch. And uh, there's similarities for sure. Like he he likes to come forward when he can as well. And um, catch should have the edge on serve. To be fair. Yeah. But it's, it gets it gets really sticky. I think in the third round, yeah. in particular, Manorino. I'm not as worried about Ivashka because I feel like that's yeah. actually the matchup that Hubi likes because um, I think he'll be able to redirect, uh, absorb pace, and just uh, yeah. uh, Ivashka's power is not going to bother him. But yeah, I feel exactly, like yeah. uh, I feel like Manorino with his craftiness. Manorino really took him apart in Australia this year. And yeah, as we speak, an Manorino, loss, wasn't it? Manorino is in the final of Winston-Salem, but he's won his matches very comfortably, actually, this week. All straight yeah. sets. And um, even Musetti has caused him some problems. Beat him in Rotterdam earlier this year. And Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Musetti and Goffin, I mean, two players who are tricky. So Yeah, I'd never ever have picked Musetti to beat him on an indoor hard court to be honest. Yeah, goal fan, goal fan. I'd feel more scared about. I could see goal fan beating Musetti. I'd probably pick him as the favorite there. Manorino or goal fan, I think would be dangerous. He would probably want goal fan out of those two. I think Manorino's just a nightmare to play yeah. basically. And uh, yeah, you're quite right. He got totally unstuck in Australia. It was really, really worrying for him. So yeah. if he does come through that, I mean, there's no guarantee he gets through that in the fourth round. I wouldn't make him the favorite. I feel like he'd be a little bit worn down. And if he has to play center, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. If he has to play center, I probably would make center the favorite. Not just because he's tired. I'm willing to talk about why center is such a favorite in my head at the moment. He, mm-hmm. He's like he's playing great, great tennis on a, on a faster court. We saw it at Wimbledon. It's a little bit different, obviously, at Wimbledon. He's maybe able to to pick the ball up better than other players off the low bounce. But I, I just feel when 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 it's a core that's as quick as this, like he, he can he can blow people off the, the court and I don't really see him having any problems getting to the forefront where her catch isn't a guarantee. So for yeah. me, Sinner is the, the favourite to get through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, that was um, one of the biggest takes uh, that I had as soon as the draw came out without the qualifiers, I felt like Sinner should be a good bet to get to the quarters because yeah. um Altmeyer, Martinez he's gonna have to be careful to win these matches in straight sets and make sure they're not Overly complicated. Dimitrov I hasn't been in great that. forms. Uh, I trust him to do that, Bunch. Definitely. Yeah, Dimitrov not been in great form. Um, ben yeah, Nakashima. I yeah, I mean, I could see. Yeah, I could see a Sinner Hercatch fourth round, or a Sinner someone else in that section because. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, like you said, Hubie obviously has some nightmare opponents he has to get through. So he's my pick um, out of this so section. It's interesting, it's interesting, Vance, because if Manorino were to get through her catch, I feel like Sinner is the kind of player that can deal with Manorino better than other players. He's one of yes. those guys that's able to get underneath the ball better than most, doesn't hit it flat on either wing, should be able to find his way past Manorino. I don't know what the record is, to be fair, but yeah. I would imagine he'll have the edge on a court like this. So Yes, and, I think, and this is the best through. court for Manorino to play Sinner. And they played each other yeah. in Cincinnati, and it was... 
or it was in Canada actually, and it was two six six four six two something like that for Sinner. Oh, so yeah, 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 he actually did struggle, but that was Sinner's first back on a hard court in a long time. So I do yeah. think uh, I do think Sinner will get through it pretty comfortably actually. So yeah, so do I. Yeah. Good point on the on those low shots. I particularly love his low backhand because he gets on yeah. so low and he uses his wrist so well. So that's it's great, it's yeah, great yeah. technique. Right. I, I actually think there was an ATP piece where they were, they were saying for for the year he puts more topspin on the ball than any other player on the backhand. Yeah. Maybe doesn't hit it as big as your Basil Ashfellies and stuff like that, but he, he he spins it so much more than than any other two hander basically. Yeah, um, it's almost akin to a one hander. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So and I like the evenness off of both wings as well from yeah. the baseline with the with the forehand as well holding up. So I like I like this, but um. Yeah, and then you obviously in the other section you have Alcaraz's section with uh, Sebastian Baez in the first round. That's uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Jeffrey was talking about he was um, lamenting that Baez had been drawn yeah. Alcaraz in the first round. It's such a shame. Yeah, shame for Jethro, but I I, I do see Alcaraz getting through that pretty comfortably. Yeah, especially um, Baez is on a six-match losing streak or something like that. So is that all hard courts, I guess, or all? Not clay courts. Yeah, non clay courts. I mean, if this was yeah. on clay, I think it would be it would be much tighter. But yeah, yeah, and then obviously the wording, the name that stands out to most people in the third round is Chorich, who yeah, if he definitely. plays like how he did in Cincinnati, does have the kind of weapons to beat Alcaraz. But my question is, yeah. is he going to continue serving the way he has, 126 yeah, mile per hour, and with the shoulder coming off the shoulder, during <laughs> that kind of consistency. In a That's best of five, feel, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, you know, and I actually do think uh, Brooksby yeah. can be a little bit tricky for him um, in yeah, the second definitely. round. No, it's not a good matchup. It, like, it, it's not because it, Borna's going to have to create a lot on his forehand and he's going to have to, you know, Brooksby is going to throw all different kinds of junk balls at him. He's going to mm-hmm. get almost everything back. He's going to, yeah. He, I mean, like, he has a massive edge on the serve, but it's apart yeah. from that. That's about it. Like yeah. rewind a year ago, I'm sure everybody remembers the six-one set that Brooksby dealt with Djokovic. <laughs> it's a similar matchup. Like Gorn is, is yeah. quite a similar, got quite a similar game to Novak. Like just with yeah. that backhand solidness and able to sort of do whatever he likes with it at times. That's not going to cut it. He's going to have to do something else against Brooksby, and that could that could really be difficult for him to to find a way through. Yeah, which is interesting because I don't think Brooksby's necessarily going to cause Carlos any troubles. So it's it's quite difficult to to choose who goes through because I feel like Torres would it's kind of like a, a tri, trifecta I guess because I feel like Borna could cause Alcaraz problems yeah and Brooksby would cause Torres problems etc basically so it's quite difficult for me to call who goes through yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take Alcaraz just because of his he's coming back to the U.S. Open where it all sort of started for him and I feel like these courts re- yeah. reward aggressive even at times erratic tennis but if you can. If you can really hit through the, if you can really hit through the opponent, and you can, you can just uh, rush him, and I feel like the crowd will be behind him. And um, Chorich's yeah. forehand and serve still a big question mark for me. And it was still only one week, and I do remember when he beat Federer in Halle in 2018, and then he lost in the first round of Wimbledon. It's just it's mm-hmm. tough with that week in between, and uh, you know, there's you know before he was totally unexpected to do any sort of damage in Cincy at all. You know, he was 152 in the world and now he's seated. So it's a, it's a big yeah, yeah. turnaround so quickly. Yeah, it's, it's quite, yeah, when the momentum is kind of, you, you can carry that momentum, you just want to get on court every day. Yeah, it can be a big dip when yeah. you've had the result of your life. I mean, it's not to be underestimated. Yeah, and then I also I also don't think George, even if he gets past Alcaraz, I don't think you can overlook Chilich. He has a 0-8 zero yeah. to mm-hmm. head-to-head against Chilich. That is... That is what? not really. Yeah, it no. is. It is eight zero. And actually, the, the funny thing is, before he went on this run, uh, George in Cincinnati, he lost to Chilich in the first round of Montreal, like six three six two. So, all right, <laughs> Chilich definitely knows something we all don't. And I think it's oh my god. <laughs> I guess uh, those um, similarities I've been making to to Novak aren't as apt as I first thought then. Maybe that for the lack of forehand power just a little bit too damning against a guy like Marin. That's still very, very surprising <laughs> I'm to say. That's a crazy record. Right. Yeah, okay. um, but but I do like Chilich to get through his his section. Um uh, I can see Evans being kind of tricky for him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I still I still pick Chilich in that yeah. matchup. I think Vance just uh, too much 
latent power on these courts, definitely that the um, Evans can only do so much about. I would say he's he's been you know he's been in the mix before at the US Open, of course. So like, he yeah. did have that what round of sixteen with Stan that one year. Actually, last year he point. got to the round of sixteen, played Medvedev. Did he? Um, right. And then twenty sixteen, he had those two match points against Stan in the third round. That was yeah, yeah, um, some yeah. Um, good. Pivotal moment. Um, yeah, there, but yeah. yeah so he's, he's had, he's had, he's had exactly. So we can't really totally count him out, and I could see it being a difficult match. But I still, I still want to pick Chelich. I think. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah, and I have, and I have Alcaraz getting through there against Chilich and uh, facing Sinner in the sen- in the quarters. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm the same, but it's kind of difficult to call this one. Obviously, Yannick seems to have Alcaraz's number the last couple yeah. matches, but. I'm not convinced it's quite as simple as that. And actually, in a hard court, I think I'd like to give Carlos the edge. You know what? I I do agree. Because I feel like, you know, that stat of Sinner not losing serve at all and mm-hmm. saving 16 break points in both Umag and Wimbledon. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if that continues. Yeah, definitely. It's not, the same, it's not the same return, right? It's not, and the trajectory of the balls, the you know different, these lighter balls, I think are really going to help Alcaraz hit through center much easier than it would be on a f- slow clay court or a grass court where Alcaraz just didn't look comfortable at all. So yeah, not at all. Yeah. So I do must think... have been reading. It must have been reading the bounce right bunch because I still I still kind of look at that match and I'm a yeah. little perplexed that he did as badly on the turn as he did, but. And those even yeah. bounces on these courts uh, are really yeah. going to really going to help him, and I feel like the serve will be more of a factor, and it, it kind of he'll be able to play his more well-rounded game. Uh, and his, be, his, his linear his senior's linear ball striking, I don't think will be as effective in this match mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. So I am going to yeah. pick Alcaraz to get through here. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I've got them all. I've got them all on paper, just so that you know, I'm not just there. Yeah, and I believe they played last year in Paris, and that's the match that Alcaraz won, and that was on hardcore. So that it was great. It was like five and four or something like that. Alcaraz was was really really good in that match. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, now we I go agree. to now we go to Rafael Nadal's section, and I think he'll be pretty happy with this draw right here because you know Hijikata is a. Very good first round for him. And then Funini and Karatsa. I mean, some people are going to be worried about Funini, oh, 2015, but, you know, no. from two sets to love down, but nowhere near the same so player anymore. Rafa. So, yeah, definitely. Um, although it's funny because I think, I think Karatsev, I think Karatsev, if he plays like how he did last year, I mean, he plays that little magical <laughs> run that he had in Dubai and Australia and Australia again this year. And, you know, at mm. some point in the end last year, it's just, I just don't see it though. I, no way! No, yeah. I just too, way too many Fs. I think a lot of people, a lot of Karatsev fans, have been waiting for him to have a match like that for the last, you know, nine months or something. And yeah, it's just it's, it's just not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, and and obviously, um, Kachmanovich, I think is a is a good match for Rafa as well. Um, I don't, I just don't think he'll he does doesn't have the firepower. No, I agree. Yeah, just uh, a lot of consistency there that Rafa should be able to eat for breakfast. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, no, I like Tiafo in this. The, yeah, in this, yeah in this that's exactly what I was going to say. If there was going to be an upset, Tiafo's the man for the job, I think. And it's just, I was saying that um, about Tiafo's crazy record recently, where he lost to Brooksby in Atlanta, but all the other matches were three sets basically that he's lost since the French Open. So he's had a lot of tight matches. He's, yeah. he's looking for that big tournament run that he kind of deserves because he's just been in the mix every single match. He's got the the game for it. Like we've we've seen him have amazing scalps in the past. You know, obviously recently as well, Kyrgios five match points in Washington, and Kyrgios goes on to to win it. He is due a big win, whether that's just getting to the fourth round and no more. He does have the game to beat Rafa. Stand mm-hmm. by that. Yeah, and especially with the Arthur Ashe crowd willing him on, and uh, you yeah. you bet that'll be a night match, and uh, he beat. Yeah, he has some he has some good results at the U.S. Open. He beat uh, Push Federer in twenty seventeen to five sets. Obviously, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like second round or something. Yeah, uh, first round match, and then he also had uh, the last year he made the fourth round. He beat Rublev uh, in the third round, six one in the fifth. Yeah, so he did. Yeah, yeah. And in twenty 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 twenty, he lost to uh, he lost to Felix in the next round after that. Right. Yeah. After fair. beating Rublev, but that was another good match too. Close four setter. Yeah. 
and he lost to Medvedev the year before. So this is his best, most consistent major, apart from the Australian Open run that he had in 2019 to the quarters. Yeah. Um, where there was also Rafa who stopped him. But I, I feel like this is... I think he's due for the fourth round, for sure. I don't like this draw for Diego again. Jack Sock. Uh, I feel like that's the kind of, exact kind of opponent he wouldn't have wanted. Oh. Yeah, I know, yeah. He's going to yeah. have to hit the ground running if he's got any chance. Shoot out. I mean, if Seng gets through, Schwartzman should be the favourite against Seng. Popkin as well, obviously a little bit of form. Yeah. TFO, Schwartzman. Yeah, I still pick TFO, but... No, I'd pick TFO there, I think. Um Kind of difficult to see how that matchup plays out, actually. Have you got any thoughts about that? Because I'm kind of struggling to see. I kind of feel like if Tiafo has to win that, it has to be in three or four. Because yeah. I feel like if Schwartzman can really drag that on and Tiafo doesn't close him out. Yeah, fitness um, could become an issue. Uh, fitness could become an issue. And Tiafo has this pattern sometimes of blowing leads in sets. Yeah. Especially from double break and break up. And it just co- it's just that one little dip in focus or concentration. Um, yeah. And you don't want to do that against Schwartzman. I still remember in 2019 when Nadal was up six four five one, and Schwartzman came all the way back and recovered two breaks. He's just such a fighter, so yeah. I would just you can just never count him out. Um, so I feel like he has to, he has to take his opportunities and he has to just close Diego out and just not drop even an ounce of focus. Yeah, if he's if he's on from the start, I, I see him getting to the forefront. We gotta, well, I mean, we gotta pick Rafa probably just by the the odds, I guess. But Tiafo, yeah. I'm seriously looking at Tiafo as a threat, and I'm not counting him completely out. Definitely, unless you, unless you think Tiafo gets through. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that yet. I definitely think. Okay. Uh, I definitely think Rafa is still going to win. Yeah. I could. I could see yeah, Tiafo yeah. winning a set. Um, but the crazy stat about Rafa that um, John brought up, John Silk. That uh, Rafa hasn't lost before the quarterfinals in a slam since 2017. Yep, against Jules Muller at Wimbledon. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was close to winning that match, obviously, as well. It doesn't happen for uh, coincidence, is sake, for sure. I mean, there's a reason that he makes the quarters so regularly. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's on it from the word go most of the time. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, his abdominal, his foot seems to be fine. Uh, the abdominal thing, you know, I also feel like he'll. He can wait Marco's way into these matches even if he's not serving hundred percent right from the beginning and he'll just yeah. he'll just get stronger and stronger as the tournament goes. So I'm not too worried about him. Yeah. Um I definitely think Cam Nori, this is a really good opportunity for him to get to the quarters and he's been so exactly. reliable. Uh yeah. almost like uh, the Jessica Pegula of the of the mm-hmm. W of the ATP. <laughs> I feel like he's he's really been bankable and this is really good for him to get to the third round here. Potentially Isner or Holger Rune. I don't see him having trouble against either. I know Holger Rune pushed him in Cincinnati. They had a close three setter there, but um, definitely see Cam getting through to the fourth round. And then who else is there? I mean, Schwartzman. I mean, sorry, uh, Shapovalov and Rublev. Um, that first round for Dennis against Hustler. I know, it's a, that's a nightmare, and there's no way that it's a guarantee Shapovalov gets through to the third to see Rublev. Had fancy Rublev's chances, not so much Shapo's. That's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. It's, tough it's, the, yeah. it's the fact that Chapel just return-wise can be really, really erratic, barely even making returns sometimes. Yeah. Guy like Hustler, you, Wessler, um, you really don't want to play in the, the first round if that's your weakness. Yeah, so. for sure. And if he, if this, um, and Javi Mudar in the second round, I mean, he's going to make Dennis play a lot. But I feel like if if these two go, if Dennis looks really, really on it on the return, then he's, he's, he's found that patch that he did against uh, Dimitrov in Cincinnati and who did he beat after that? Tommy Paul? Yeah, so if he yeah. if he finds yeah, that, that return of form again. Uh yeah, US like Open has in the second set. That's right, yeah. yeah. Six three four yeah. love. Insane. Yeah. And so now and so if he finds that kind of form again, US Open has always been his most consistent major. Mm-hmm. Um I believe last year he lost in the third round, but pretty much every year since twenty eighteen he's made at least the third round. So I feel like he Yeah. And twenty seventeen fourth round and twenty twenty quarterfinals lost to PCB in five. So I feel like this is a this is a good court for him. It's fast, and um, Rublev. I haven't felt so good about him in a long time. Um, so no, no. Yeah. Sun Wukong is is kind of tricky too, and so is Jera. He'll have to be on it. So I'm not I'm not sure. I fancy Rublev to definitely get through. To be fair, if he's not on it, somebody like Jera could be a really difficult first round. Just yeah. really really solid. 
Rublev has been a little bit dodgy recently, but he does tend to take care of those lower-ranked opponents. Like, uh, you can pretty much rely on him to do that. So I I fancy him to get to the third round. If he was to get to the fourth, I'd actually pick Cam to beat him, I think. I do. And and the Cam versus Dennis is a nightmare matchup for Dennis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, if you know, if if Dennis isn't on it, to be fair, I don't fancy him to get through. To be honest, actually, fancy. So I, I yeah. think yeah, Cam Rublev. I'd see him getting through. And the biggest problem for me is Isner. Isner could be, Isner could just make a crazy run. Like he's just he's just yeah. sort of wild cards. Like it's, it's kind of yeah. difficult to count him out. Yeah, it's really difficult to count him out. Honestly, um, you know, I, I yeah, and he's had a lot of success here and there in North American hardcore. Swing even in Cincinnati, yeah. he really put together a good run there and can never come yeah. out on these courts. Right? The only problem is yeah. if it does if it does go to a rally, Cam pretty much wins every time. Yeah. So yeah. I so, think yeah, Max Cam, Cam, Max I see for Isner is the third round. I don't see him going past yeah. the third round there. It's still a little bit iffy for me, but I I I pick Cam to get through to the quarters at least. Same. I think in the interest of seeing a more competitive match, I would love to see Shapovalov get there. Just that's just purely um, based on based on the Rafa Dennis history. But if yeah. it's Nadal and Nori, um, that would be really really good for Rafa. I'd say that I think that's kind of the seed that he would have wanted in that section, yeah. uh, as opposed to Shapo. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, after the quarters in Australia, that was um, nip and tuck for a while, and actually. Rafa probably shouldn't have won that match. Yeah. So, yeah. And we have the same quarterfinalists. So what is we have to we have to disagree a bit, man. This is. I, I think we'll probably we'll probably disagree going forward. Maybe. I. We'll, we'll, I mean, we can talk about that now, right? We've kind of discussed the draw. Who do you think is actually getting through to the final? And yeah, etc. Who do you think is winning? So I'm just gonna say I think Nadal is in the semis and he's playing against Carlos. And that is a difficult one for me to call, just because. <laughs> I, you know, I'll st- I'm still gonna pick Rafa. I'm still gonna pick Rafa. I, right. I just, I well, can't, I can't bet against him. We can disagree um, at one point then, because I, I think Carlos is getting through. You do? Yeah, I think. Go I, ahead, I mean, make I'm the not, case. Make the case. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it was my time of But I, I st- from the start of the year, you know, I, I said Carlos. Carlos is made for a quick, fast, hardcore. I don't care. How kicky his serve is in the clay. He is amazing when the conditions are fast and the ball bounces high. So if he's playing well and he got to the semis by that point, he totally could beat Rafa in five sets. Like it could happen. So I'm not. I'm not totally, absolutely seeing it with you know, because only because I'm not 100 percent sure Carlos is as in form as maybe I'd like him to be. But if he is, like he could overpower Rafa definitely. He definitely could, and I definitely think physically he's going to be there the entire time. Not even a question about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I still can't bet against Rafa because no, because know. of his um because of also of his five set record as of late. I think if it does go to a fifth, it's I could oh, see Rafa. it being one of those matches where if it goes past the four hour mark into the fifth, I just feel like Rafa will just find another gear, just like how he yeah. did at Indian Wells, somehow, some way, I mean... or raise his level. <laughs> He hasn't and, actually lost and I feel like it's one of those matches. Match. It, could, match. it could be one of those matches that really propels Carlos despite the loss. I just feel like yeah. we'll, we'll look at that loss and we'll be like, okay, that could be the start of a really incredible career, like in the majors yeah. and winning one. And then, you know, who knows what will happen after that. But I, Nadal has <laughs> never lost a five setter since 2018 Wimbledon. Yeah. And. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess in the interest of being different from you, and I had Rafa right from the start, so I'll just, and it's still kind of iffy if Carlos gets there, so I'm just going to go with Rafa yeah. just because of that. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it with loads of confidence. Maybe I'm more manifesting, but I'll stick with Carlos. Definitely. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, though, because if Nadal has a really tough five-setter with, um, with Carlos, how will that then affect him? For the final, will he be a bit jaded when he comes out on the court against Medvedev? It's it's tough I to call. The last time I saw Rafa jaded in a, a Grand Slam final, to be fair. Yeah, same. Doesn't, so it's doesn't it doesn't happen once he gets to the final. It's he's got that fantastic twenty two and eight record and four and one in well, U.S. Open. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. I think the closest we've seen to our dropping was 
uh, Novak in 2019, right, in Australia, and it, that yeah. wasn't his fault. That was Novak's fault. So, yeah. So Alcaraz and Alcaraz and Medvedev, who is your pick there? Yeah, well, obviously, I, you just, I, I, I was going to pick Medvedev with Fritz, definitely. Um, I would pick, yeah, I'd pick Medvedev there. I'd yeah. pick Medvedev there. If he's playing as that well as I sense. want him to play, this is all just hoping that he plays as well he should, as he should play at the US Open. But yeah, yeah. Um, serve-wise, he's got such an advantage. And Carlos still isn't the you know the best server in the world. He should be able to get into quite a lot of Carlos's service games where other players maybe wouldn't have been able to do that. I mean, Rafa is obviously, you know, he's he's not the best spot server in the world either, which is why also, you know, Carlos should be able to get into quite a lot of his service games. And that's why I'm saying five sets, maybe it'll be Carlos. But yeah, Medvedev, Carlos, um, he's got too many advantages. If he's, if he's got too many advantages if he is playing his best tennis, definitely. And, you know, backhand to backhand still works. It's um, something that the very best in the world kind of can do against Carlos. So mm-hmm. Medvedev to win. Okay, I like it. Uh, I would love to see number two for for Daniel defending a title for the first time since Gustavo Court and non Big Four. So that's uh, yeah, uh, wow, yeah. Well, you got you got to um, make the case for what Medvedev, Rafa, who wins it? Yeah, I just to... I just think the last four sets of that Australian Open final, tactically, Nadal was the more sound player. I know he lost yeah. the second set from five three up, and I know the last three sets Medvedev had the love forty and a lot of chances, but I just feel like Medvedev's weaknesses. Get Nadal's found a way now to really expose Medvedev's weaknesses, which is coming forward and finding finishes, particularly on his forehand and at the net with the transition game. And yeah. with the deep return position, coming in, serving and volleying, mixing it up, using his slice backhand to keep Medvedev at bay. All those tactics come into play, and when you don't have something clearly as polished, Rafa finds a way to expose that. And I just feel like in best of five sets, he'll have the day off from the Carlos match He'll be yeah. raring to go for number 23. There's so much on the line, so much of experience there, still still so much of a gap there. I just And Medvedev will really will really have that Australian Open final still in his head. And they played again in Acapulco after that. I just can't yeah, doubt it. The match was mad. The level in that match was actually like insane. Rafa was scary good. Yeah, so yeah probably, and, and I also don't see um, Nadal starting out as slowly as he did in Australia. Yeah. at this point in his career. And he has not lost a match this year in a major, so how can I bet against that? So, going to be boring. Be... I'm picking Rafa again for the fifth time <laughs> no, to win, Australia, win the US Open. But I think it's wise, man. Every time I bet against Rafa, I've regretted it. So, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be again, to be honest. But I'll yeah. pick me with him. That's my pick. For sure, yeah. I mean, so yeah, thank you so much, um, Jack. This was This was awesome to analyze the men's draw. And I'll see yeah, you back on bunch. the other side for the women's. Yeah, see you in a bit, bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much.